dude, his boss. You're, you're not God or my father or my boss. Are you gonna attack me? <laughs> oh my god, that's perfect. Wait a Bagel boss. Did you see his interview on the news? Yes. Oh. Also, the tagline was, I'm not racist, but sometimes I say the universe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Hey, hey, hey! What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the freshest of fresh of the Lore 20 podcast. We are the fellas next door that follow all high strangeness I'm a couple in doors Appalachia down. and beyond. What was that? I'm like three or four doors down. Caleb's three or four doors down. I'm three doors down. Betty and I'm Steven. Down. I'm down the street. I ain't too far. The boys next door. I know where to find him. I know where to find yeah. him. Yeah. We are excited to jump back into our series, Appalachian Aliens. This is part dose. Let's just stop you there. It's Appalachian. Why are we? Yeah, I was going to say you're Spanish. conflicting things here. What did I say? Appalachian. Appalachian. Appalachian? Are we? I don't have to spell it to be an expert. Peoples? Yeah. I don't have to pronounce it right to be an expert at all. Ah. <laughs> uh, joining me today. Oh, man. Are my good friends and co-host Brandon Beatty? Yo, how's it going? Steven Weigel. Hello. And Caleb the Don Price. What's up, boys? I mean, admit it or not, Caleb's kind of the He's the he's Don. The Don. Group. He's the Don of this group. Is, is it because I'm like the most father-esque of us? Yes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You're all well, our daddies. You're settled in. Father You're all our at the table. I am technically so, a father, yeah. yes. You're what we call settled into life. I am, yeah. and yeah. boys, I'm here to tell you, I ain't happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> we have some big stuff going on this week here in Silver Second, Kentucky. This weekend is the 26th annual Master Musicians Festival. Good stuff. If you are remotely near Central Kentucky, you do not want to miss out on this amazing weekend. Some of my favorite live show moments happen every year here, and there is just nothing quite like it. It's like Somerset doesn't feel like Somerset for two days. It's right. He's right. It's amazing. Yeah, and uh, I'm experiencing it for the first time this year. Caleb and Baby are both stagehands. Yes, we're going to be Steven should be one of my stagehands. Listen, oh. I've, got a, I've got limited time off this year. I know, oh. I understand. Okay, I see. But you. I see how you. Yeah. Headlining this year is the incredible Jason Isabel in the 400 unit. Please check them out if you haven't. Wonderful writer, great musicians, just some real good homegrown stuff. I know you'll love it. And another major thing going down in the bluegrass involving us is the Kelly. Little Green Men Days in Hopkinsville, Kentucky. I'm so excited for Doped this. about it. That's so gonna it's going to be, be sick. Yeah. We're going to set up there with Kyle Cadell. Of the International Paranormal Research Museum. Yes. Owner he, and operator. He is the man that runs the International he's, he's Paranormal our inspiration. Research Museum. He's a good in boy. Somerset. He yeah. is the homie, for sure. He's a homie. Um, and he knows more about everything we talk about than we do. Absolutely. So yeah. far. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, that's going to basically knock out the announcements. I'm going to go ahead and hand the wheel over to my man, Beatty. Which is something you never want to do. You don't want to do. He's going to he's gonna drive never. us full speed into another alien encounter. Beatty, what is going on this, this week? This is the only opportunity all he's right. ever going to have to drive full no, speed. No, he's not allowed to drive anything I'm real. actually yeah, not supposed to drive at all. He's not legally allowed to drive. <laughs> yeah, but I do anyway. And we won't I, get into that. <laughs> oh, let's get into it. So that's what's going on? What, what do you got for us this week, Beatty? Appalachian. Um, Appalachian, Appalachian. Part 2 Hit us with it Alright, so we're going to be talking about The 1976 Stanford, Kentucky Abductions The 1976, when was that? (laughs) That was the Bicentennial No It was the Bicentennial Hit us with it quick I I think that's the fourth time I brought up the Bicentennial Yeah, it actually is (laughs) 
Yeah, <laughs> keep talking about it. Say synchronicity. To. It is synchronicity. synchronicity. So what, what's going down in the 1976 encounter? So this is one of the coolest encounters I've ever actually read about, and I'm stoked that it took place literally on US 27, not far from here. Not too far from home. At all. We've all um, been on Can we bring up it was in Jan- it was chilly? It didn't have anything to do with it. I just want to let everyone know it was chilly. It was it a chilly January chilly? 6th. That's it. January 6th? January 6th, which January 6th. I'll, I'll mention again. It's a very cold, cold day. day. Yeah, it's the middle of the winter. January and, and, you know, global warming wasn't in full effect at this point, so... Hadn't been produced yet. It was yeah. still yeah. It was in production. Yeah. It, it wasn't quite in the production stage. It was, they, still, it was still being written. Yeah, they just, <laughs> they just finished MK Ultra. Now they were going to move on to global warming. Yeah. Gotcha. So, straight from acid to hot earth. All right, let's go. <laughs> All right, so this is the story of three wonderful women who were... Beautiful women. Beautiful. Um, you seen the actually? Pictures? I want to talk about. Okay, here's the thing. I want to set. The, I want to set the go. mood for this. Mm-hmm. I set the mood for this. Okay. Mm. Imagine that these three women are your grandma. All three of them. I yes, have three grandmas. And maybe so. they're wearing one shirt. Yeah, but imagine <laughs> each of them as your grandma. They're all yeah. <laughs> <laughs> three triplets. grandmas, one shirt, <laughs> one story, no boundaries. It is <laughs> because literally they were the most quaint. Just Kentucky women that you can think of, like okay. everyone. Like I swear, like reading about what they did, because this is the most detailed like alien abduction ever recorded in, in UFO history, which is really cool. Right. Uh, Mufon did a whole lot, had a whole lot to do with this, which we've all we all know and love. Mufon, right? oh, yeah, Mufon. That stands for the Mutual, Mutual UFO ne- Network, Unidentified Flying, Flying Object Network. Network. Yeah, Got sorry. You. Just for you laymen so, out there. Listen, I gotta, I gotta join that. Now we're pros. Yeah, we we, we haven't started our journey in the we, network, but soon. Give so, us enough money to all of us join. We'll start a Patreon and we'll Please. join and we'll go on investigations. I'll start a GoFundMe to put me through the the move on train. And if we find yeah. an alien, you don't have to invade Area Fifty One. We will bring it to you. Yeah, we won't hide it. I'll like put you have a spare bedroom for it. Okay. Yeah. So we will we'll bring it out. We'll have it. You know, he'll meet. On he'll meet the fans. We'll go to Jarfly. We'll take him out. We'll we'll parade okay. him around. We'll have a good time. If we bring an alien to Jarfly, you know, buy him a beer. I swear to God. Yeah, everyone should buy our alien oh, friend a beer. I swear um, to God. If not, then yes, on September twentieth, we will all be at Area Fifty One, right? So September twenty first. Yeah, I'll be there. Party time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, party time with the aliens. Yeah, at Jarfly. Mm. Yeah, mark it up. So anyway, this is the story of. Louise Smith, Mona Stafford, and Elaine Thomas. I'd like to say those are great grandma names. Those exactly. Yeah, That's where I'm starting. Great and ladies. the more I tell you about them, the more you'll feel like it's your grandma telling you the story to some extent. Because okay. it literally could be anyone's grandma. And you know as a fact, your grandma's never told a lie. Yeah, no. and that's oh, the, that's the no big lie. thing. That's what I want to drive Can home Can I tell here. you guys that yeah. my, okay, I think it's my great grandma. Mm-hmm. My grandma claimed that she literally never lied. Never lied. Maybe not. Because that's some grandma shit. You got to prove it. Grandmas don't the lie. The proof is on you. Yeah, how are you going to prove that? Well, well honestly, I think the you, second you become a grandma from that point on, you don't yeah. lie. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a whole separate life. Yeah, you backdate moment, it. You become yeah, a grandma. But because yeah. they're so honest, you can erase the shit beforehand. Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll start with Mrs. Louise Smith. She okay. was 44. A tall, thin woman. Uh, who was widowed at this time. She was widowed since she was actually very young. That's kind of sad. had already brought up her son and daughter by herself. Things you hate to see. Okay. Strong woman. You know, so back normal, in the day. Normal grandma. Normal grandma. And yep. uh, in her spare time, she was she spent painting, sketching, and gospel singing. Right. Uh, she actually performed around Casey County with a band called, a gospel band called the Jubilee Echoes, which That's- is... Kind of sick. That, is, that is that is that's a metal name. Honestly. It was uh, it was herself, a fourteen year old boy singer, and a bassist who is a police lieutenant in Danville. Okay. 
That's all right. You know? Yes. All right. <laughs> I'm not saying it's cool, but... I know. That's what I heard. You're endorsing um, it directly. <laughs> so she was a lifelong member of the Baptist Church and attends serv- services regularly at the Poplar Springs Baptist Church in Liberty. So they basically... The, the reason I'm going to tell, tell this about each one of them, and I want, mm-hmm. to, I want to explain this beforehand to, to our listeners, that... Again, this is the most detailed UFO encounter that we have, and okay. it is insane how much detail they have about these women's lives and everything that happened the day of. And you're tell me you're going to flip everything explain, rock. What? You're going to flip over everything. You're going through it. I'm going through yeah, it. Yeah, no rock. Ooh, no, no rock stone. left unturned. No stone left unturned, yes. Ooh. So now I'm going to talk to talk about Mona Stafford, who was 35 of the day before this happened. Okay. She, she turns 36. It was her birthday. That it was, was a birthday party. Oh, wow. It was her like birthday was like party. Like, that's the whole... Yeah, it's a wild birthday yes, party, it I'm gets, assuming. I'm very disappointed that none of my birthday parties have ended as cool as this one does. Well, yeah, we're they didn't to think do. it was cool. Just keep it in mind. I would have. Yeah. Next one, yeah. You'll call them aliens up. Whose birthday is next? Actually, it might be mine. When's yours? November 3rd. No, mine's mine. Mine's August oh. 13th. Yes. Oh, shit. On the 24th, dude. We need to have a combined abduction. Take us both. Yeah, mm. it's fine. I'm ready yeah, to go. Yeah, parties are out. Abductions are in. Yeah. Abductions are in. So Mona Stafford, she was 35, the former owner of an arts and crafts shop in Liberty. And uh, at the time of the abduction, she was uh, working secretarial work for her father, who owns a mobile home park. Okay. Um, she was once married, um, but divorced since 1970, and she lives in that trailer home park also. She, is, she was a devout Christian, a member of the Hilltop Church of Christ near Liberty, and... That's pretty much it. So again, and I know that this doesn't necessarily mean that they are, tr- you know, but they what were staple saying? members of the community. What are you okay. trying to say? That's what yeah. I'm trying to say. Yeah. Okay. I thought you were about to let something slip. I, I was gonna, I, yeah, well, what I'm not saying. What are you getting at? I'm just saying that like they include that as if that's like the test of like the litmus test of whether they're trustworthy or not. Okay. But it's honestly more because I don't think they even know what an alien is. Well, they probably didn't even believe in them. No, that's yeah. the thing. It's like th- these people aren't the type of people to like. They didn't watch like a. Do- I mean, especially the seventies. They didn't watch something and are like, "Hey, let's." Well, uh, Honestly, every time I bring up aliens, my grandmother laughs in my face. Yeah, yeah. See, that's the thing, and they yeah. still. And Fair. we'll get into it, but they still like. And she's, not sure. she's a devout lady, and she thinks that that's just against everything. So, I understand. They, so they might be against it. Mm. See, that's the thing. I think. Think of them again. I'll say it again as your grandma. Yeah, I already am. So last but not least is Lane Thomas. She is she was at the time a 48-year-old housewife who lived in Casey County, Kentucky her entire life. She's the only one of the pair that was or the trio that was married. Okay. Um her and her husband Otis Thomas lived uh, outside of Liberty and they had a grown daughter and three grandchildren. And she was also a lifelong churchgoer and a member of Contown Church of Christ. I have a lot of family in the Liberty, Casey County yeah. area that Spell stretches Con-town. onto an air county. C O N T O W N. Like Con Town. Like, like Toontown, Town, which is maybe, yeah. <laughs> Do y'all play Toontown? Yes, so I actually know, played a lot of get Toontown. Credits Are you kidding and me? And shit. Like, you, you, your parents could buy you That's stuff the, on that. Yes. That was the original Fortnite. Yeah, Purchase was, Power was, was an MMO. The name of the that game. was like my first MMO. Well, second MMO. I know, first MMO. Because second MMO was Star Wars Galaxies, which was Maybe. a banger. Guild Wars, anybody? Guild Wars? Never played Guild okay. Wars. Okay. Yeah, you need to shut up. Okay. So um, it is important to note that although uh, Miss Smith and Miss Thomas had known each other for many years, Miss Stafford um, had known Miss Thomas for some time, but had only been acquainted with, uh, or Mrs. Smith had only been acquainted with Mona for a few weeks previously. So, okay. like, they aren't even, like, lifelong friends or anything like that. Like, a couple of them were, but 
They're just chilling. Mona and uh, so two Miss of them Smith. have known each other for a long time. And then two other ones have known each other for a long time, but then the two others... It's a mutual friend that yes. they've just acquainted with. Okay, okay, I got you now. So, this is the chilly night of January 6th, 1976. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And, again, the detail I'm going to get into. You're going to think it's not important, but it's important. It's important. Every detail is important. All details are important. Mrs. Smith left work at the usual time and went home. She is... A at the time, uh, she was employed as an extension assistant for the Casey County Extension Office, where her duties consist of visiting families in the county, counseling them in food preparation and gardening. Uh, so she went home. She fixed herself a nice sandwich and soup. Doesn't say what kind of soup. Mm. I think that they should have went there. Gazpacho soup. I feel like that's Ooh, important. Yeah. I need to know what kind of soup. Yeah. It was gazpacho soup. Might have been. Oh, yeah. it's a um, nasty take. So she, she ate the whole thing. Then she got in her 1967 Chevrolet Nova. That she had just purchased that day. Very cool. Very oh. sick. It's a very sick car. I'd love to have one. Yep. Mm. Um, and uh, drove to a service station to get gas in preparation for the next day. Okay. Yeah, as you did. So while she was there, Mona Stafford, who was driving by, saw her car and uh, decided to stop in and be like, Hey, help me. Uh, uh, would you mind taking me home? Or would you mind coming home with me and helping me fix... A collar on a jacket because they all sewed back in the day. You know, they all made yeah. their own clothes and everything. It's a group project. Actually, yeah. I sewed this. Well, day. it's it's a peer reviewed collar. And so these are the ladies. So these ladies just that's what they did. They hung out and they sewed clothes and they talked about the latest latest gossip in Stanford or whatever. Um. So they uh, each each in their own car drove to the Smith trailer home and set about the task. At about eight p.m., Mrs. Thomas dropped by and the three lapsed into conversation about their favorite subject, art. Okay. Ooh. Miss Stafford planned to go to her sister's home uh, to have her hair done at about 9 p.m., um, but said she better call her sister because it was getting late. And besides, it was Mona's birthday, and they wanted to celebrate. And there's only one place that they could celebrate in this time of night. Ooh, babe, tell me Stafford, about... Stafford, Kentucky. Tell me about that place, That babe. was the titty bar. The titty... Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Platinum bi- Plus. Hold on, what, hold on. What's, what's a good bicentennial titty bar? The bicentennial. Yeah, there we go. That's there solid. So, um, they all decided to go to the, it was, the what is that place Redwood. called? Redwood. Redwood Restaurant. Redwood Restaurant. Ooh. All right. It was about 29 miles from where they were currently located. It's the only place that was open that time of night. Kind of late, late night. Yeah. Yeah, these, night for, for, for this age and these women, I feel like they were out late this they evening. They were. Yeah, I'm going to need to talk to their mothers. And see, but to see again. A little late, buddy. They're, first of all, they were like, you know, 40 years old at this point. I don't think you have to. They're 40? One of them's 36, turning okay. 36. The other one, two are in their 40s. Okay. So, they were going to do something very tame. And basically, the reason, one of the reasons they wanted to go to this restaurant is they wanted to sketch a painting that was on the wall. Again, these are not the most like interesting people to... Okay, they wanted to sketch a painting that already existed. Yes, yeah. okay. because right. they liked the painting. I guess they were going to sketch it and then maybe paint it at home so they could have it on their wall because that's what you did back in the day. That's how you you couldn't copy and paste. That's, that's actually that's pretty interesting. It is. Right. If you're talented yeah. enough to do that, that's a cool idea. It is really cool. I'm sure that they were talented. Actually, they sketched, later on we'll get into it, they sketched the UFOs and everything. Oh, okay. All right. Um, so, yeah, they went there and... Um, while they were there, they did not drink at all. They just had a dinner. They knew, none of them drank at, at of all. Of course they didn't drink. Yeah, they're not, they're they're not drinkers. Why would you? Honorable women. Um, so they just had a nice meal. They sketched their thing. Actually, a man at the restaurant saw them sketching, asked them to sketch him, and they did. And then they went home. What a simple Interesting. Time. What a nice time. It's just a yeah. point. Uh, you know, nothing special happening. That's the first, like, 
hey, take my picture at this restaurant. Yeah, that's yeah. wholesome. Very, that's very wholesome, wholesome night. So they get back in the car, completely sober again, and uh, let's see. Mona sat in the middle, Miss Thomas on her right by the passenger window, and then Elaine in the other seat. So, okay, like I'm selling details. Details. So driving back, uh, leaving Stanford and heading for Houstonville on Highway 78, the three suddenly see a bright red object in the clear night sky. Immediately, they were all frightened, uh, Mona most of all, who thought it was an airplane on fire, actually, and was heading for a crash landing. So they had, like, she started freaking out and was like, hey, that's the plane mm-hmm. crashing, I think, so we need to go check out and see what that is. We're going to go sketch it. We're going to go sketch it, yeah. <laughs> this is going to be a perfect Jesse sketch. <laughs> um, so as the glowing object came closer, uh, suddenly they lost control of the automobile. Oh, the little Chevy Nova was going, now going 85 miles per hour down Highway 78. It was a fact. None of those women ever went that fast. No that way they ever no. went that fast. I Literally noted. You that. Literally yeah. noted that they've never drove over 60. Absolutely not. Maybe. I mean, what's oh, the, you know, the speed limit's there for a reason. Yeah. At that time, I'm guessing they had the national speed limit of 55. Might as well go 10 below. I don't know. So... They they lose control of their car. Okay. And uh, suddenly she's trying to control the steering wheel. Louise is, and it's not working. Mona reaches over to try and help her. Nothing. Wow. Um, not even Jesus could she take raises, the wheel. Nope. Jesus could not stop this from happening. She raised her foot up, showed that she wasn't even on the gas, and it was still going 85 miles an hour and climbing. That's the quality of um, a Chevy Nova. Yeah, man. It's a Nova, baby. So all three women would later recall the same thing. What they were looking at was an enormous metallic disc-shaped object with a dome on top and a ring of red lights around its midsection. The women all saw it close, close enough to see a yellow blinking light on its underbelly. Okay. It hung over the driver's side of the car for some time before it moved ahead of, the highway, ahead of it on the highway. As it did, a bluish-white light shot into the car, lighting up the interior of the vehicle. Miss Smith would describe the inside of the car as being filled with a haze-like air, sort of a fog. Interesting. Okay, so, like, so it's, it's hovering weird. over the car. It shoots a light. It beams a light down it beams into the a light car. And just... Which this reminds me of last week where we were talking about how the light just kind of covered everything in the helicopter mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, our man flying the helicopter. But, yeah, it seems like their light is totally different than ours. Like, they, they can bend it, they can control it, and it, it has different properties. Yeah. And a lot of, as we've discussed last week, a lot of these Kentucky aliens seem about the same yeah. uh, description. That red, they always have red. Always just, have red. It's it's like a cone, cylinder, a saucer, something that from certain angles you could see that. It's yeah. the, the classic, same object. It's the classic UFO description. It's a saucer yeah. with a dome on the top. Yep. Exactly. And that's, that's what they've described here. Yeah. So suddenly, after it filled up with fog, uh, all three women suffered a burning sensation so strong they could not open their eyes from the irritation. The last thing in the memory of Smith, Stafford, and Thomas was being backed into a pasture entrance in a crazy manner. Uh, the entry was flanked on both sides by like a stone wall, so they got shoved kind of right into it. Okay. Next thing I know, an hour and 20 minutes had passed, and the three were back in their little Chevy, again driving toward Liberty. They were shaken and tense with exposed areas of flesh, painful from all the burns that they'd received. Holy Damn. smoke. So this injured them? The yes, light they were in them? pain. They don't, oh, well, with no, abduction okay. injured them. But okay. We'll get to that. So, they don't know what so happened. They're driving. They all of a sudden, it, this all happened within a split second to them. This, like, it was scary for a minute, and how how much everything time was they happening. Lose? An hour and 20 minutes. Yep. 
And we'll see. They were they left at eleven fifteen, and next thing, um, you know, they drove a little ways, and then mm-hmm. it was at one twenty a.m. So like oh, wow. midnight when it happened, and then it was all of a sudden one twenty a.m. Well, they was, have no idea how it happened. It was, it was like, described as a forty five minute drive turned into like an hour and mm-hmm. almost, almost two, two hours, hours almost yeah. a two hour drive. Interesting. Like they just appeared and they were all set in Houstonville. Like they didn't know how they got there, and they checked the clock, and it was way longer. It should have taken them forty five minutes total to get back. Yeah. And it took like basically two over two hours for Incredible. them to be there. Okay. So they, they lost some time. Which so there's is, been some dilation in time. Yes. Didn't come yeah. to until they were actually already had been driving for who knows how long. Interesting. Okay. All right. So they went straight to Miss Smith's trailer and they all went inside. Miss Smith went to the bathroom, took off her glasses and splashed water on her face, whereupon her hands and face began to burn with searing pain. All three noticed they had a red mark on the backs of their necks. Measuring about three inches long and one inch wide with clearly defined edges. So, like, basically just a square on the back of their neck of red so it was intentional. gray skin. Mm. So, that's, I mean, that's, they all had one. It's weird. It's not like, yeah, it's intentional. Okay. Intentional. Intentional. Giving the appearance of a new burn before it blisters. So, Louise and Elaine Marks were centrally located between the bases of their skull and the top of their, top of the back, so... Okay. You know, where you'd imagine, like, kind of like the, the Matrix, that plug. Yeah. Yeah. Right there. Uh, but Mona's, for some reason, is located at the left behind her ear. Interesting. Mm. They could not account for the marks, which disappeared about two days later, just completely. Um, but they, uh, Mona Stafford had much more severe case of conjunctivitis, which is inflammation of the eyes, which they just all had for some reason because of the fog that uh, had rolled in. Prior to washing her hands, though, Louise had taken off her watch and was startled to see that the hands of her watch were moving at an accelerated rate of speed, just spinning, spinning, spinning. So the time is still dilated? Well, it freaked out. Like, yeah, I guess whenever they went, wherever they went, time was different, probably. So it could have been catching up. Could have been... Um, Freaked out the watch. We don't know. It's terrified. Yeah. Hmm. That's Um, honestly scary as shit. So she forgot about it, and she came back, and it was just like broken like it stopped working or whatever um so obviously they were like okay something something fucking happened like yeah. this is not normal we you know this is not anything we've ever experienced before so they went next door to the home of mr Lau Lee and told him what they had seen and then um basically called the police first yeah that's what i'm gonna do if something yeah. happens what to me like yeah. um, calling the police they did nothing they just were like uh, okay you All right, so you got some marks, and you guys were, you, they probably thought they were blasted driving home. Yeah. Honestly. And it's like, they're just like, that's weird. Uh, I don't know what or you want to do about it. Like, What would you think if anybody called you? Know you know, they were probably like, we'll oh, look okay, into they it. Blasted. They said, we'll look into we'll it. We'll look into it. Yeah, nothing. We'll take a peek at that. They had nothing to go off of back, up, back then anyway. There's yeah. no cameras. There's nothing. There's no GPS in cars. There's mm-hmm. nothing to do. So after this, they're still at Lally's house. This is the this is a cool part to me. Okay, they all he he was like, okay, so please don't believe you or whatever. I'm I'm struggling to believe you. Yeah, go and each go into a different room in my house and sketch what you saw. Okay, and come back. And immediately, now this just all happened. Not a bad idea. Yeah, it's, it's a good pretty, idea. Pretty smart for him. Like yeah. even back that in the day, this wasn't smart. like should have been the cop. I mean, this is '76. <laughs> there hadn't been that. I mean, there'd been several, but not. It's not like UFOs are as wide as... I mean, it only started in about, what, early 50s? Yeah. Most reports 40s. Uh, 40s. Roswell was 40s. I think that was one of the okay, first yeah, one yeah. in America. Um, so, yeah. He told him to go do that. 
and they came back and all of their sketches were pretty much identical. Like right. they they awesome. really saw this thing and they were fucking scared. Yeah. Um, so the next day after they called the police and nothing happened, they decided to call the Navy recruiting station and again, did not give a shit. Like, yeah, that's just the first seriously. thing they could think of to contact military wise. But the Navy station, for whatever reason, decided to contact a Lexington TV station who decided to run the story. That's hmm. interesting that they would do that. It doesn't make any sense to me. Mm-mm. Not at all. But they did. And I don't yeah. know why. I don't know if it was just like the guy that heard it was like, well, let's talk about this. Like, yeah. probably. It's probably like it wasn't big enough to reach his superiors, but he was like, this is cool to me. So I'm going to tell Lexington yeah. like, local station. Okay. Just like, yeah, yeah. Different time. So, he had to clear with a million yeah. people, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. So, so basically, it did get picked up a little bit. And because of that, um, a MUFON investigator known as Jerry Black heard the story of the event and immediately went to work to gain more details. Okay. He called all three women and asked for an interview, but they were reluctant at first to like talk about it. They were still terrified. I mean, they were terrified for years after this. Like, it's not just a. They didn't want to talk about it. They had no desire to like discuss it or anything. Um, but finally, he kept badgering them, kept asking them, and you know, was really sympathetic and passionate, and was like, "Look, I'm not trying to make a story out of this. I'm not trying to, you know, really." Uh, make this a big deal. I just want to know, you know, we're just trying to get the facts. Sure. Just the facts. That's all he wants. Um, so they finally agreed after much badgering and black invited Miss Peggy Schnell of Blanchester, Ohio to attend so that like they would feel more comfortable with also having a female there to like kind of, you know, sure. That's fair. Upon first meeting, they just did like kind of an ice breaking session, but several very important facts were revealed. Black said that the three women were all obviously in physical pain, and they all just started chain-smoking immediately after this event. No prior smoking habits yeah. whatsoever. How weird is that? Th- yeah. That means they saw something. Well, yeah. you got to start chain-smoking, you're fucking scared of something. Oh, definitely. Like, I'll talk to you guys, I want to have a cigarette real bad. Exactly. <laughs> just ruined. We smoke a lot. I want this. one right now. Yeah. This has yeah. been a traumatic event for me, just being in this room with the three of you. <laughs> I'm honestly just a wounded man right now. We didn't say much, but this is like it started as a shirts versus skins podcast. Yeah. We've all got our shirts back on at this point, but yeah, a couple of us had them off, off, buddy. Yeah, I, I had never had mine off. off. I had mine off. I had mine for off. a minute. I'm, I'm keeping was, my shit on. Yeah, that's, that's why I don't. I don't want anyone to see. All my nipples. What's under here around you, boys? For my for my spouse only. <laughs> I'm saving all saving of, saving yeah. your body. For I'm saving, saving my body for marriage. So they began chain smoking. Um, they had insatiable thirth, thirst, thirst, okay. thirst, thirst, and they all claimed excessive weight loss since the event. And they literally all lost like twenty plus pounds. You can see happened. in the picture of them that they're, they're not big. Real. No, they're not big people. So losing twenty pounds anywhere near that weight is a big deal. Yes, like yeah. they use an alien. They just stopped time. eating. They were terrified, and this is before this was national news. Like this was just them. I imagine the scene is just, you know, they're all just sitting there just puffing one after another, lighting one cigarette off another, and just, like, just skeleton face, just, yeah you know, they've got the black, soggy, saggy eyelids and everything. Soggy, soggy, eye, soggy eyelids. I've been them got soggy them soggy eyelids. Eyes, man. <laughs> Probably, Lord. though. they Their eyes have been burned for some reason. So um, they gave some details about of their observation of the UFO, and, you know, basically the same thing that they had sketched that night. They all corroborated, basically. Yeah, but like I said, the initial report was from Lowley, where he, you know, they did it all individually, which is impressive. Yeah. Um, so they also discussed some of the ill effects that they had sustained. The three memory, the memories were obviously painful, and uh, 
Miss Thomas specifically said, we live in fear of what we don't know. I'm worried about Lou and Mona. I think they're ready for a breakdown. Like, oh. on the verge of a collapse. Like, they were... Oh, gosh. Again, we'll, I'll live my we'll life, drive buddy. Home. And again, these are your grandmas, and they're terrified. Wow. Think these about grannies, that. Man. Yes. So your grandma had this event happen with her best friends. Your grandma says to you, I'm worried about the other two. They might lose it. Yes. I'll take that pretty seriously. Yeah, dude, that would that that freak, freak me out. Me out yeah, really honestly. Bad. So, again, several things were inve- uh, evident to the investigators on just the first meeting. Uh, what they experienced was clearly sincere. They were very upset about it. Um, they had still suffered from what they called the beam. And there were obvious physical scars from the encounter. Smith lifted her hair up, showed a mark on the nape of her neck, and it was roundish, pinkish, grayish, blot the size of a half dollar. Okay. Hmm. So, again, it reflected what they had, they had reported. Something went down. Another unusual revelation came from this meeting was a strange reaction. Now, this is one of my favorite parts, too, of Mrs. Smith's parakeet. She had a parakeet, a talking one, who loved her. I mean, she'd had this for years. Yeah. Um, and they were very close. I love parakeets. Yeah, they're they're cool. very cool. Uh, they're I used to have... I don't, I don't yeah. like them. I don't like I would them. Would teach of course, you wouldn't like them. Yeah, you would be the one. Like birds. I don't I'd teach it bad What's words. What happened to you? What did a bird do to you? I, listen, that's a different episode. It's painful. I we'll would teach a that. I would teach a pair of bad words that way when people came over. Well, that's what they'd be that's like. What they're there for. And I'd be what like, I'm sorry. I'd be that'd be old shit. Fuck the parakeet. Yeah, I'd shit be like, man, oh, sorry, sorry, dude. dude. I have an intelligent bird. He's, he's, like he's, you, a, he's a foster. Yeah. I don't know where I don't know where he gets <laughs> a, it. So when Miss Smith first arrived back home after she had uh, that night, um, the bird just started freaking the fuck out, like just flying around its cage, screaming words, profanities, probably. Uh, that he, she doesn't of know course. what he learned. Yeah, um, he picked him up on his own. You know, so from the TV, home. probably has been poisoned by those. From the Johnny Carson yeah. show. You leave the TV on for the bird while you're gone. Whatever comes out of that mouth is your fault. Yeah, yeah. So basically, he would have a thing to do with her. He wouldn't eat, just like terrified of her. She literally ended up having to get rid of him because of this. Oh my god! Like that's, the that's sad. Part about yeah, this story. it's that's really sad. Like it's this horrible. was her lifelong friend, and all of a sudden, after this one event, he will literally would not have anything to do with her. Um, so that's the theory: is that maybe like the sixth sense, the parakeet, maybe. Do you have the bird's name? I don't have the bird's name, unfortunately. I do wish that I did. Um, <laughs> Damn it! I thought you said too much detail. Yeah, what happened to too much? detail? What's the bird's that's name? The one thing I really come want clean. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> Why are you withholding? Yeah, for real. <laughs> He's part of this. Mm. No, he's scanning his notes. I see. I'm checking. I don't have the bird's name. I don't have the bird's name. I don't have any. No name. Let's name him right now. What do you What what do you think his name would be? Now remember, this is your grandma naming this bird. Juan Carlos. Chester. Juan Carlos. Chester. Chester Chester the bird. Juan Carlos. I like Juan Carlos out of this. Your grandma wouldn't name name it in the middle. Bird Juan Carlos. You would name a bird Juan Carlos. But Chester is what your grandma would name a bird. I'm going with Chester. Probably. Yeah. Maybe a Mister. It'd be like Mister Beak or something. So Chester. Mr. Mr. Beef. Chester's gone. <laughs> Shout out, Mr. He's so checked out. Not he on checked his out. own volition. Bless up. He's checked out. He um, So after that, that wasn't the only weird thing that she experienced. Um, she also had problems with her alarm clock. Uh, basically, one morning, alarm went off. She touched it. Immediately broke. Just blew up. Stopped working. I'll be yeah. honest. I've got some problems with that. If I show up late yeah. to work... Any time after this, I'm That's blaming on aliens. Yes. I'm like, ma'am, you know, I got abducted. I got abducted, and, and now my alarm clock broke. I constantly yeah. what am I have supposed a problem to do? with my alarm clock. Yeah. 
It's aliens. Said it keeps going off. Am I right? Anyway. Hey. Hey. We got dad joke of the week. You would wow. throw that in. I he is the dad. Listen. Caleb the Don Price. Anyway. <laughs> I, I'm not the oldest one here, but let's be honest. I'm the oldest one here by about 25 Are you years. the oldest one? You are the oldest Am one. Am I really? Who's really the oldest I'm, actual person here? Yet. I'm 26. I'm about We're to be 20. 27. Yeah, it's, he's the oldest. Yeah, he's You're the oldest. a baby. You are a baby. <laughs> Get out of here. Oh, yeah, my God. We got to kill him. No wonder you got that. You're basically a Gen Xer. Oh, <laughs> it's Gen Z. That's Gen gross, Z. I meant to say. Yeah, Old yeah, Town Gen Road X. and whatnot. Sorry, right? Gen X is the other one. <laughs> yeah, Lil Nas yeah, X. Yeah. yeah, boy, Mason Ramsey. <laughs> so my grandma. All right, so so my grandma. So my grandma. She threw the clock away. She was very upset about. It. She threw the clock away. And then this one's interesting too. That brand new car, that brand new '67 Nova. Chevy Nova, she just bought. She just purchased a brand new off the lot. Well, yeah. not brand new off the lot because it's a '67 Nova. It's a used. New car. to her, but new to her. New to her, because uh, this is a '76. But still anyway, a badass car. Still sick. It's a slick boy. Um, and it was in good, good condition. And you know, she took care of it in the well, two sure. days that she owned it. Well, <laughs> Grandma would drive a car about a mile a day. Yeah. yeah. Well, in this they drove 29 miles. They put some that mileage is a on fucking that fucking road trip. Yeah, right they were. They I mean, that was, this was a for three days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know it. they they brought snacks. They brought <laughs> white and how many bathroom yeah. breaks? Yeah, yeah. How, many, how, many how many cheese oh, sticks stopped. did they bring with them? Mm-hmm. How many how many like string cheese sticks were brought mm-hmm. on that trip? I don't mm-hmm. know. Man, I want some string cheese. Oh. I fuck with some string cheese, boys. So yeah. she began having problems with this car, and she was actually stopped by a police officer on the way to work. Literally, again, two days afterwards, who informed her that her signal lights were not working. Um, but the most annoying problem of all was the general health and weakness of the three unwilling witnesses of this extraordinary event. Because of this, the investigators agreed, at least for the time being, no other de- details would be released. So again, they're keeping okay. it secret. This only got released. Taking it seriously. Yes. Yeah. We're going to let anything uh, Mufon, I will give Mufon this. They are serious about their investigations. They don't want it. They don't want to like... Uh, you know, just take someone's word for it and publicize it. And, yeah, you know, they're not going to sensationalize it. Then they it want ruins to find the their, facts. Their, it ruins their incre- credibility. Yep. So they actually try. Um, so after the initial interviews, the investigators involved were convinced that three women's story was disturbing, yet solid as could be. The value of this event would be historical, and though difficult, those involved had to use all of their patience to keep the dark secrets of that night to themselves until a later time. Alright. There's no doubt in anyone's mind that they were, they were telling... You know what they believe to be the truth. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, Doctor Heineck, let's the next it. boy. Okay, this this is my man's yeah. creator of the beer. Heineken. Heineken yeah. is spelled H Y N E K. But yeah, I see it. You know, he's a doctor. I see the connection. If you don't, maybe that's Heineck. It's yeah. not my fault, Doctor Heineck. Was called upon to provide a professional psychiatri- psychiatrist to perform regressive hypnosis on the three. Problem was, they didn't have any fucking money to pay for this. This is expensive. <laughs> There's a lot of like things that cost you know money. They can't just investigate on yeah. willy nilly. No. Um, and none of the noted doctors live that they needed to do this regressive hypnosis therapy lived anywhere near Kentucky. Okay. So they decided to reach out to a man by the name of Doctor Leo Sprinkle. Which we need it. We'll go ahead and let it out. Doctor Sprinkle. Doctor Sprinkle. Yeah. That is not the name of a man. <laughs> no, I've seen Doctor Sprinkle before. That is He's not a man. the name of a man. Yeah. I would seek out the Sprinkle. Doctor Sprinkle. <sighs> Fuck. Doctor. So, I've had him. You have an ice cream bar at your party. You better have, you have Doctor Sprinkle, Dr. Sprinkle Dr. on Sprinkle. hand. Ooh. Ooh. So we gotta have a party now. He was a well-respected ufologist and physician, and he 
Um, so it was, you know, really hard to reach out to anybody, but he heard of this and he dropped everything and drove from Wyoming to Kentucky to, to deal with this. So you're telling me that he was a doctor, but he just sprinkled a little bit of ufology on there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What, literally, if I became famous in any way possible or rich or anything, I would still immediately start investigating UFOs or whatever. Listen. Just like Tom DeLong. Listen, if you Google... He's living his best life. If you Google Wyoming to Kentucky, just general Google, how far of a drive do you think that is? Uh, Now, this is using today's speed limits and today's cars. How many miles or how many hours? Hours. 17. At least 15. It's 21. That's today's cars and today's speed limits. So that took him at least three days. This man... Oh, my God. the whole way there. I mean, let's be real. 76, that's still fucking... Covered wagons, boys. It might as well be. Yeah. Oh my God. Not long after the invention of the wheel. Which is maybe why he set the uh, date for this. They're, they ended up setting the date for regressive hypnosis on, hypnosis on March seventh, nineteen seventy-six. Okay. So if you, you know about three months afterwards, two months. Because that was the whole driving time. Yeah. 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 yeah he started as soon time. as he heard. Yeah. He, he took off. He, he, hit pay, <laughs> he hit a payphone halfway there to let him know. This camel's got a drink. <laughs> <laughs> What do you imagine the, the, the terrain between Wyoming and Kentucky is? In 76? Do they have camels? Is it just rocks? In 76, man, that was... It was all dunes. Trails, it was all dunes. dunes. It was all dunes. Okay. Obviously. That's from the west, right? Yeah, your grandma went out to the dunes, broke her coxswain. <laughs> you don't know your grandma, do you? <laughs> Incredible. So, the first up was Mona Stafford. Okay. She began to recall the events under hypnosis, um... With extreme terror. She's able to relive her interpretation of seeing what she thought was a plane crashing. Not able to go any further at the first session because she was screaming and crying so much. Oh my god, that's intense. Like, just talking about just it, she's talking screaming about it. and crying. So they... Can, uh, Something like that. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Black continued to ask questions of Louise and Elaine. Mona moved away from uh, the others to rest. Another interview began to show Stafford some drawings of aliens. So here's where I have a problem. Okay. So, as I mentioned earlier, MUFON is usually very um, detailed and everything. I don't like that they showed them pictures. Okay, I still believe their story to some degree, but I just don't like that they showed them what pictures of aliens were. Why they right do that? Right now, they should have had them draw like what they thought. That's, they should uh, have sketched. What's the word I'm looking for here, Betty? What police tactic is that? Um, Guided uh, fucking. Lying. Well, that's like leading uh, questions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there's a term for it. One of our lawyer buddies tell <laughs> tell me what I'm trying to get. Yeah, at. Right in. Oh, we yeah. got lawyer friends. Hey, I need to talk to you. Yeah, a leading question is a question that prompts or encourages the desire. Exactly. Answer. It was like they showed throwing pictures. Oh. That was I don't know. I don't like that. Thanks, Mr. Computer. That's yeah. the one part of the investigation that I'm like, why did you mess up? You had the perfect investigation. Leave that out. Or you didn't have to show this. Yeah. Because literally up to this point, they had not even mentioned aliens. No one had. Mm. So that's the move on sprung it on them. So, yeah, that it could have been, okay. been alien. So that's what I'm like. I wish they hadn't. Well, they hadn't used the term, but what else could it be? I mean, obviously. Well, no, God. would have been a term. Little green men would have been a term. Yeah. They hadn't used the term. Wait, when was yet Hopkinsville? In this story. That was the 50s, bro. Yeah. yeah, so you have a little green men would have been The, uh, yeah, the yeah. Kelly Hopkinsville encounter. I mean, that was. Go back, check out our previous episode on the Kelly Hopkinsville yeah. encounter. Yeah, that's a good one. It is a great episode. And we're going to be there. Yeah, we're going to be what there. What was the date? We're going to play That was in 55. Yeah, okay. So, 55. So, as looking at it, Mona Stafford saw and she she saw one and she was like this looks like the light I saw it was shaped like that head pointing to a specific alien that they had drawn. Okay. 
Again, Mona sat for time thinking about that night, then she added to her previous statement, Yes, I can see the face now, but it doesn't seem solid. It comes and goes, I mean, fades and reappears like in a fog. Its eyes are far apart, at, and at the bottom, the chin, it's like that drawing. Okay. They were similarly describing grays. Yeah. Okay. You know, if anyone knows anything about aliens, the, the gray aliens. The gray like is the, the Whenever you think the quintessential aliens, alien. the alien. You know, just, round, yeah. almost like, not, oh, like, almost like a heart-shaped head. Kind of the yeah. what am I going egg yeah. shape heart shape without the, the butt basic bitch of aliens. heart shape butt yeah, heart shape without the butt a guitar pick shaped head yeah there we Ish. go there you we know. go that's a good description yeah perfect so after this first session they actually it was several months before again because of funding and things that before they were able to continue their hypnosis and that's another problem that I have I'm gonna I will include the problems in there in this story, even though I still think that it's probably the most credible UFO abduction I've ever heard of, even more than Travis Walton's Fire in the Sky. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, which I, is I a good movie. I agree with him yeah. 3 yeah. million percent on this yeah. one. Yes. It's I'll never insane. agree with Bate either. But never. in this situation. So they, they kept in contact and they, they uh, acknowledged their weight loss and they kept up with that and everything. Uh, and they still, you know, months after were still kind of shaken by this whole event. So while they were trying to find financial solutions, it would be Investigator Black who would find, finally find the, the guiding light, the savior of this. The smoking bullet? No. Smoking gun? No, the savior of the financial situations. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Can, you, you... can we guess what publication would save this UFOs? National Geographic? A national. Inquirer. Inquirer. Oh, oh, my boys. The Let's National Inquirer stepped in. And uh, as they always as they should, do, they, they would uh, they would yeah. finance a return trip for Doctor Sprinkle to complete his regressive hypnosis and lie detector tests. Which, you know, back then that was like be all end all, but nowadays yeah. we know that they're a little sketchy, but still interesting. They were inquiring everything back then. It's just basically a heart monitor, but yeah. If yeah. The deal they struck was if the results would verify an actual abduction, the inquirer would have exclusive rights to publishing the story. Also, the three women would receive compensation. That's a good. That's a good move on their part. Yes. Honestly, if you Funny. get some good, solid information, you wanna you wanna you have wanna publish this, and you wanna have and a national choir at this point making shit ton of money. I oh, mean, yeah, they were for sure important. So they did it. Um, they reached out to the women. They agreed, kind of reluctantly, but you know, with compensation and also the fact that it would only be handled how they wanted it to. They 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 felt right. that they were in good hands. They yep. had some control. And it was just for the benefit of you know, furthering this research. So the next session was going to be scheduled for the Brown Motel in Liberty, Kentucky on June 23rd, 1976. Newly present at this meeting was well-known UFO investigator Bob Pratt of the Inquirer. So though the the reputation of the Inquirer left much to be desired, Pratt himself was regarded as an honest, sincere man. He'd earlier attempted to get details of the Stanford case, but was denied access because of the uh, agreement of a news blackout. So again, I'm just going to interject here. These women did not seek these people out. So it's not like they were trying to get fame. This is just the only way they could get it funded so they could figure out what happened to them. Because they wanted this hypnosis. At this point, they were like, you know, we're finding stuff out that happened to us that we forgot. It's like The Hangover. As I just recently rewatched, they they had to re-piece together what happened that night that they blacked out. You got to get drunk again. That's the whole point. That's the whole point. So also in, in, uh, in this meeting was, detect- was a detective for the Lexington Police Department, James Young. He was hired to re- uh, head the polygraph part of the session. He was recognized as an expert in the field and began um, privately testing all three women. Okay. 
Uh, he did not. He was an extreme skeptic, did not believe in UFOs whatsoever. And yet, whenever he emerged from doing each of their polygraphs, he was amazed at like how they passed, and they all told basically the exact same story. So the very next day, after the, after the polygraph test, all three would undergo another hypnotic regression, each woman having two sessions. During the regression, the faces of the three women showed emotional turmoil and severe pain and screaming and sweating and crying. The details of what occurred on that herring night were, came very slowly, but when they came out, they were shocking. Okay. All the women, and this is the conclusion as to what they base, each basically described. They were all taken aboard some type of craft and subjected to physical examinations, sometimes harsh in nature, sometimes torturous. There's not any sexual molestation during the abduction, so no anal probing, you know, the classic signs. Yes. Yeah. Um, but they were restrained in embarrassing, humiliating positions. Miss Smith, Mrs. Smith particularly would reveal that her exam took place on a table. Mrs. Thomas was inside of a capsule with an unusual-looking noose-like device on around her neck, which would tighten any time she tried to speak. Ooh, interesting. It's like a shock collar. Yeah, it, was like, it, it would choke her to death if she would try. But like, it was a weird sensation because she felt like she was choking, but she wasn't dying. Like, if I get was, one of those on me, I'm saying the alphabet. You would. Uh, yeah. You wouldn't. yeah. Ms. Stafford's exam was in a chair-like device. All of the abductees recalled having their bodies scanned and instruments used, which exerted pressure on their limbs. Mrs. Thomas recalled a tube with a bullet-like tip on, on it, which probed her chest. And she recalled a warm liquid being... A liquid. Warm liquid. Oh, good old oh, liquid. liquid. Damn it, that was going to be a good part, too. I see you up. When I'm thirsty, I need a liquid. She also recalled a warm liquid being applied to her face and body. Mm, all right. I bet she did. We can all, yeah, oh. we can all speculate. No, I'll say what it was. It's okay. alien gravy. <laughs> alien gravy. They got Dairy Queen in the sky. They do. That gray gravy. Yep. So, at this point, they also got to... De- got down to the nitty-gritty of what the aliens looked like. The characteristics of the alien forms themselves seem to be vague and often indescribable. All three related shadowy figures, which often floated or glided by them. They also recalled the frightening one eye or two eyes which hovered over them. Miss Stafford made an unusual statement describing an eye exam. I could see a light at the end of a tunnel which looked like a volcano with a jagged edge. She described in great pain in her eyes just like they've been pulled out. Mona recalled a single bright purple eye that radiated like lightning rays. Yikes. Very, so there's another thing. Again, these women. This is 1976. These women have been, they've never seen stuff. They're conservative women. They don't even know what aliens are. They've never tripped acid. Exactly. They're describing the trippiest, scariest, weirdest encounter that I can imagine. Without having experienced it in any other form. No. So that's what makes me believe that this is one of the most incredible encounters. Elaine also joined the other two in describing the strange events. She remembered two eyes from a round head in a deep darkness. One eye, she said, was a beautiful blue, encircled by a blue membranous lid like a turtle, and the other eye appeared dark. So she still kind of described it like the face of a gray, but just way more detailed. Yeah. Hmm. Louise saw several different forms of beings during her ordeal, but she was so frightened that she closed her eyes and didn't look at them. However, several months later, she described her vision of the humanoids in similar fashion to her two friends, adding that their hands looked like a jagged wingtips. It would be Elaine who recalled the most about their captors at one point, stating there were several feet tall, or there were several small figures about four feet tall. In conclusion, and this was the, the final MUFON report. Okay. After all of th- 
of the revelations of the three women, there remained no doubt that something very extraordinary happened on the night of Mona's birthday. The facts are, one, three women had encountered a flying aircraft of unknown origin. Two, they had been abducted by beings unknown. In all cases, no matter how believable, it always helps if other witnesses come forward. This case also had other observers of the UFO that night. And that's where it gets really interesting. Okay. These sightings occurred in Casey and Lincoln County, Kentuckys. Ken- counties, Kentucky. Both Kentuckys? Both Kentuckys. Oh. Because all the Kentuckys should North have this. and South Kentucky. I wish we had a North and South Kentucky. Can we talk about North and South Dakota for a minute? We can no. Are they real? Uh, Are they real? Has anyone ever been there? Has anyone actually ever been to North no, and South Dakota? I, I've never met a single person from any of those states. Nope. Are birds real? Yes. Mm. <laughs> He's very sure. Conflicting, baby. Yeah. Conflicting. Yeah, no. So, these sightings occurred there, and uh, one couple watched from the window of their home as a large luminous object, which uh, was about the size of a football field, hovered over the Stanford area. This occurred about 11.30 p.m. The couple wanted to remain anonymous. Other observers also noted that uh, describing a ring of reddish-orange lights around a disc-shaped flying object. Two teenagers nearby out for a joyride. Those damn kids. The fucking team. Like, get a job, am I right? Yeah. They actually chased said UFO um, over the Angel Manufacturing Plant in Stanford. So, the thing is, is this is several, several sightings of the same object the night that it happened, and these three women... Went through this experience that was unexplainable to them and terrifying to the point that they all started chain smoking. Very scary. Lots of corroboration. The last significant report came from the owner of the property where the three women's deduction took place. The farmer stated that down the road from his house, the witness uh, he witnessed an unusually low flying object which shot a white beam of light to the ground, which is he saw the abduction took place. He watched them get grabbed up. Yep. So, I saw it. Snatched them up. So after this, that's the last kind of conclusion that they came to. Those are the last events that they recorded within this MUFON thing. They reported it. The National Choir in the story. All is history. Since then, um, Elaine died actually two years after the event from unknown causes. They literally do not want, know why she died. Interesting. Two years to the day that she that, that the event. To the day. To the day. Hmm. Uh, so Louise Thomas uh, encountered later. She she survived. For, she's dead now, but she I don't remember what year she died. But she lived for a while, and actually at one point again to the day she all of a sudden awoke and felt this strange like need to go back to that site that she was abducted at. Yeah, she went there. She had like a friend take her there, and uh, he she walked out into this field that was nearby on the road, and she remembers being. She she ended up her friend like she was gone for a while and her friend ended up running to find her because it had taken so long that she found her unconscious just laying on the ground, oh, and all nice. that she recalled was that she felt like her hands being pulled upwards and that was the last memory she had. Um, Damn, it's an alien at the time she had on three rings. She had uh, like her wedding ring and a couple other rings. They were gone when she woke. They were completely missing. Two months later, after. They went missing. They returned to her porch. She walked out of her porch one day. They were sitting on the just right on her welcome mat. So two months. She had a hall pass, basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> honestly. And then uh, finally, so she ended up. She did die, but Mona Stafford, as far as I'm aware, as as of 2012, she was still alive. So I I was not able to find an obituary or anything. So I'm assuming she would be 79 now. So she's probably still alive. Yeah. Well, yeah good 
chances. Good so, chances um, of her being alive. Yeah. But yeah, she's still alive. She actually recently there was a play, uh, by recently I mean within the last five years, there was a play made about this whole thing called High Strangeness, yeah. which plays hey, right into our theme. Good. And uh, it was actually a modern day retelling of the event, but uh, they they put it on for a while at the Kentucky Theater. And um, yeah, that's basically it. Right, there hasn't been any new information. That's 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 basically the story, but it is still the most detailed UFO abduction in the history of the United States. That's awesome. It's incredible. And I believe them in our backyard, basically. And I hundred percent believe that's yeah. a, that's the weirdest thing is like I do. No, oh, I believe that. Oh, absolutely. I bet. I don't I know have why they would lie. Family that literally knew those ladies in Liberty. I have oh, a lot of family you. in Liberty. I, I want to do some digging on that. That's very interesting. Go find them. Uh, that's, that's incredible. So what's, uh, what's the conclusion? Anything to take from this story? I mean, lessons learned. So lessons learned. I think that like, I'm just saying like, that was the most credible thing I've ever read. Like there wasn't really, I've tried to find some like skeptics refutes of it and like Mm -hmm. explaining it and everything. And I really can't find much. Um, I, I, I'm interested to learn more. I would love to, I wish that they weren't. Most of them weren't dead, so that we could interview them or yeah. something. Yeah, and they, they picked an interesting group to abduct. That's what I'm saying. It was just three women that had no knowledge of what even an alien was. It seems like that they know that backstories of people they're abducting, yeah. because a lot of time they'll abduct the innocent, the people that won't be believed, and things like that. Yeah, it always, it always works out. They're not going to abduct a congressman, and then but does that just play into, did no, they they're make gonna, it up? See, yeah, that was something I was thinking about earlier. Is they're like, going to abduct the poorest dude in town. Yeah. They're going to abduct an old woman. Yeah, totally. Right. Some people talk about like military witnesses and police witnesses as the most credible sighting. Yeah. But honestly, like I think last these women. Week, yeah. Last episode. Last episode, exactly. Yeah. No, these people, I would believe them on the I street. I believe them just more, because at the same time, like they really had, they just wanted to sketch paintings in a fucking restaurant and yeah, interesting and encounter. Sew a jacket together. They had no yeah. interest in anything paranormal at all, and suddenly they were thrown through this thing and start chain smoking afterwards. Like that's what's they got snatched up and ruined yeah. their lives. Just they absolutely terrified them, and that's the yeah. fear that they experienced throughout every hypnotic regression they had was real. They it took them a while. I, I kind of glazed over that. But every hypnotic regression, it was a while before they actually got to the details because most of the beginning was spent with them crying and screaming. Incredible. So, it was very right. creepy. Now, who did you say was alive? Uh, Mona Stafford. As Possibly. far as I know, is still alive. Well, I could not find a obituary. Hopefully, Mona Stafford is at Little Green Men Festival. Yeah. yeah. Reach out to <laughs> us. Yeah, guys. That's something I, I want to talk about really quick before we, before we cash out on this podcast tonight. Um we are going to be at the Kelly Little Green Mendays um, in Hopkinsville, Kentucky. We have a booth. We're going to be hanging out. That is going to be on August 16th and 17th. We'd love for you guys to come check us out. We're probably going to give away some freebies. Yeah, we'll have, we're will going to try to have some stickers, maybe yeah. some shirts. We'll see. Stickers, shirts, maybe a painting. We're working on some stuff. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a good time. So if you guys do have time to come to Hopkinsville, it's a little bit of a drive, but come check us out. You might get some cool stuff. Um, and it's going to be a cool festival. There's a hayride apparently to the We don't house. know that to we, the house. We talked about it. I don't know if that's still a thing or not. Okay. Well, we'll we're going to find the house. We're going to get in the house. You know, oh, yeah, you come we'll with find us, it. we'll find the house. Mm-hmm. I don't think um, that we could actively openly say that we're going to avoid the house. We're going to the house. We're going to the house. Going to the house. Yeah, we should also mention. Yeah. October 31st. 
October 31st, we are hosting trivia at Jarfly on Halloween night. And it's going to be a fucking blast. It's going to be a blast. We have some good stuff lined up. Uh, I assume that all of our trivia questions will be Halloween and horror and macabre themes. I was thinking, actually, uh, history between the era of 1200 and 1600. Shut up. Can't make it easy. The good years. Yeah, something you can't Google. No horror. <laughs> no, yeah, but it's going to be a good time. We're going to have some horror-themed trivia. We'll have uh, some horror-themed prizes and some stickers. It's going to be good. Old. It may get a little spooky. It's going to get spooky. The We're talking get about we have plans. The winner gets spooky. a bucket of blood. Who knows? Uh, of our blood. All of our, our blood, blood. blood. Let me just Maybe say, some animal blood. Let me just say <laughs> that not everyone will survive. It's not, don't don't let me live. Well, I was gonna say, well, Caleb, we'll get into that later. We haven't times. even. It's fine. You guys can just bring me back. There's a good I'm, chance. I'm yeah. gonna let you guys ask all the questions because I'm gonna be hammered. We haven't <laughs> oh, even talked about it as a group, but we will. We will shortly. But uh, thanks so much for listening to Lore Twenty Podcast, guys. Oh. I've enjoyed talking about the 1976 encounters. It's one of my favorite abductions. It, it's very detailed. which there's not that many that I no. would consider my favorite. Yeah. No, you got to pick your favorite. Everybody's got their favorite abduction. But it's actually, I'll say it's my favorite because it's Kentucky based. Yeah, obviously. It's not that far from here. Liberty's not? very close. It's just a little ways past Columbia. We've all drove on these roads minutes. that this stuff happens. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Hour and 15 minutes most, away. Most believable, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, guys, we want to say if you've made it to the end, you deserve to know. Comment on any of our posts. <laughs> Please. Any of our posts. We'll shout you out next episode. We will mention you by name. And it's possible. You might get a sticker. Yes. When we see you, we might mail it to you. We'll find out. We I'm have not, stuff coming up with our new logo. I'm not just getting comment on a post. Say hey. Comment on a post. I want a shout out. Follow us on Twitter, please. I need more Twitter followers yeah. so that I can grow. Uh, I've My got Instagram. A lot of, I got stuff to say. I've got uh, you know things an agenda basically. Well, I have the Lore Twenty agenda. The Instagram is doing better than the Twitter. I'll just come. Yeah, and see I know. And that's I why know. we have a competition between this, and it's okay. Ryan and Caleb. Have the Instagram versus me Steven and Steven Bay. have the Twitter, and the Twitter and is far farly superior. The Twitter is funnier, but it's just not doing as well with the follower account. So we're gonna need to improve that. So let's go ahead. The Insta just got it. Insta well, you all, you all, mm. it's got that spice. Let's see. Two pictures, three pictures ago, we got 105 likes. Oh, we're gonna talk about likes uh, now. Another oh, yeah, another picture coming likes. to that to that Insta soon. Let's talk about comments on Twitter. Uh, about comment threads. Dude, honestly, in comparison the to show. the amount of, yeah, we're just getting to it. Uh, let's um, <laughs> squashed, squashed. We'll squash the beef. We'll beef squashed. We'll bury the hatchet. Yeah, but guys, seriously, we appreciate you listening. As always, please tune in to our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebooks at Lore Twenty Podcast. That's L O R E two zero Podcast at whatever. Email us at Gmail. Same thing. It's been a pleasure talking to you guys this week. We're going to post this shit tonight. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch you in two weeks. Later, skaters.